more people would rather die than give a talk. And yet to give a talk is like enormously valuable. Welcome to the Business Made Simple podcast brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. I am your host, Donald Miller. Have you ever frozen on stage and a whole audience is looking at you and you just don't even know what to say? You forgot where, where you were, who you are. Have you ever had to give a presentation and you have sweated it? I mean, for weeks before you're going to have to give that presentation, you sweated it. Have you ever pointed a phone at you in order to do an Instagram reel and you turn the camera on and you recorded something and then you stopped? And you started over and you did that 742 times and then decided you weren't going to post anything today. <laughs> today is all about communication, how to do it better, why you should do it. We're going to tell some horror stories. And our guest is Colin Boyd. Colin created Sell from Sage Academy. And he's the host of the Expert Edge podcast. And the guy just knows how to get you through a presentation. Anymore, it is a hidden superpower. We're going to talk about why it's valuable, why you should try to do it, how to structure your talk in such a way that you get through it if it's your first talk. All of that on today's podcast. If you want to give a talk, if you have to give a talk, if you want to give a better talk, keep listening. It's February and love is in the air. However, that is not the case if your sales team is in a relationship with the wrong sales platform. But don't worry, because Sales Hub from HubSpot is here to help. It's an all-in-one platform that helps teams prospect smarter, boost revenue, and scale better. Plus, it's easy to learn and free to start. What's not to love about that? Be the perfect matchmaker and introduce sales to a new platform. With Sales Hub, closing deals is no big deal. Just head to HubSpot.com sales now. Colin Boyd, thanks for coming on the podcast today. Hey, it's great to be here, Donald. You're the guy who we go to to say, hey, how can we do our presentations better? How can we have a better stage presence? You know, if we're doing an internal presentation, how can we get our entire team bought in? If we're doing an external presentation, how can we wow the audience and get great survey responses and also sell things if we wanted to sell things? And we thought we would take some questions. Bobby, our producer, has gathered some questions. All right, Bobby, what, what do we got? We got a handful of questions. We got some questions from uh, inside our own staff. And then we do have uh, some questions on the uh, from our audience of uh, small business owners. The first question, Colin, comes from Emily on our staff, and she wants to know what tips aside from medication. <laughs> Emily wants to be drug free, so she's going. Hey, what tips aside from medication do you have for getting over that initial anxiety of presenting to a group? Well, I mean, first of all, I, what she's brought up is good because I would not recommend a cup of, <laughs> a cup of courage before you get up. That, that is not going to make you That's a sharp. been the ruin of many a man. Oh my gosh. We've seen too many best man speeches like that. Well, for me, there's, because I totally get that. I remember when I first started doing presentations. In fact, I remember being 13 years old and wow. sitting in school and I'm sitting there with my little blue cap on and my high socks and at my little brown desk and and it was actually scripture class and it got to me and the teacher asked me to read for a passage from the Bible. And I started to read and I started to stutter. And oh, then no. Had you ever done that before? Had you been a stutterer before? No. Oh, no. And I, I remember get, I, I literally couldn't get through the paragraph that I was supposed to read and it kind of awkwardly went on to the next person. And from that experience, I actually created this belief about myself was that I, I wasn't a good communicator. I created this belief about myself that I didn't know how to read in front of public. Like what's wrong with me that I, that I couldn't read or communicate in front of my class? Everyone else was doing it. 
And I carried that belief with me till I was probably 24 years old, 25, when I discovered personal development, that, that you could actually change your beliefs and that your beliefs aren't who you are. And that was when I started to realize that what you say to yourself and what you believe about yourself shapes how you act in any situation. And so I think there's two aspects to becoming more confident when you speak. There's psychology and there's physiology. And I think a great place to start is, is the psychology, is to ask yourself, what's the conversation you're having with yourself coming into a big presentation? I don't know if you want to share anything on that, Donald, around like your journey and conversations you've had with yourself coming into bigger presentations. But only recently, I mean, this could be a good tool, but only recently when there's some tension, I ask myself, what story am I telling myself? So the story I'm telling myself might be Colin Boyd and I are wearing the same shirt. And so he's probably feeling like, why did I choose to wear the same shirt? Yeah. By the way, we're not wearing the same shirt if you're, if you're just listening to us. But you know, to me, that allows you to take on the role of a third person. You know, So you're, you're actually going, you, you get more objective about yourself. Because instead of saying what's true, you're saying what story am I telling myself? So, you know, what story am I telling myself might be this audience doesn't know who I am, therefore they don't care. I've got the slot after lunch, means everybody's going to go to sleep. Mm. Uh, and if I'm falling apart on stage, I will actually tell myself they don't actually care and they're not going to remember me anyway. So let's just get through it. And that, that literally allows me to get through it. I hope, thankfully, it's been a long time since that anything like that has happened. I mean, you, you bring up, Donald, and I appreciate you letting, letting the audience into like the innermost parts of you as, as you've done your journey. <laughs> I've made a killing doing that. <laughs> totally. <laughs> but it's so fascinating because I think when we explore what we're actually telling ourselves, the thing that I told myself was I, I used to tell myself that I'm I'm I think I'm an idiot. Like when I get oh, up wow. on stage, like they're gonna think I'm an idiot. And I remember my first ever speaking engagement. I wasn't paid for it, it was a free one, but I, I remember heading into it so freaked out and because I was just focused on myself. And I think one of the first psychological tools to do is to shift from self-focus to service focus. Ah. And so when you shift from self to serve, you go from asking a question, what will they think about me, to how can I serve this audience on a greater level? We're running a promotion at the moment. We've got thousands of people signing up to it. And I still, in my mind, have to be very conscious of rather than going, oh my gosh, thousands of people are going to be watching me, I think who's that person at home, like my perfect audience member? What are they going through? Like, what are the difficulties? Maybe they're a stay-at-home mom. Maybe they're a small business owner that's trying to start a coaching business, trying to sell their courses. They've got these big dreams of making financial freedom for their family, but they're struggling to do it. And I think about who they are and the struggles they're going through. And as soon as I do that, my whole energy shifts about the presentation. You know what you did? You change the leverage and the power balance. Mm. That's what you did. Because before, the, the audience had the power. They're going to think, mm. I'm an idiot. But when you actually said, wait, there's somebody in the audience who's really struggling with this, and I have the power to help them, you become the person with the power, and they become the person who needs your authority. And that, that's what you did. And that's actually really fascinating. I haven't thought about it in that, in that way. I love that distinction. And so, yeah, so like shifting from self to service, and that's just a conscious thing of asking better quality questions. So rather than asking, what will they think of me or will I be good enough? You ask, how can I serve these people on a greater level? Like, what do they really need at the moment? How can I help them? And just asking those questions, confidence-based questions, I call them, changes everything. So like, that's the first thing that's psychological and then physiological. 
um, you know, getting ready for a presentation, you know, I would be conscious of even the day before what you're eating, like, you know, staying away from too much alcohol, like just your physiology is actually really important. Alcohol and sugar. Yes. Alcohol, I mean, the three, the three things that kill me, you want to talk about getting honest, alcohol, sugar, sleep. And the biggest sin of all, you don't care. Mm. You know, you get to the point where I don't care about this speech. I've got a headache and I just want to get through it or I've got whatever. And I just want to stop Colin for a second because you got to understand you have to think of yourself if you're giving a speech like an athlete and you've got to because your mind is part oh, of your yeah. body and an athlete uses their body. So I, I second that. No sugar. No. And then also, this is just for me. And I don't think it's for everybody. Some people would freak out. I try not to eat until I'm off stage. So if, hmm, I, if yeah. I get up in the morning and, you know, it's a morning talk, I don't eat. And I, yeah. just, I get through that because I'm sharper. My, my blood is going to my brain and not to my stomach. Yeah, I agree. I have a very light meal, usually a salad or something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. Mm -hmm. And in the physiology, one thing that is really helps a lot is walking the stage. And so if you're new to speaking, I know Donald spoke a lot. I've spoken a lot. I'm used to being on stage with the lights on you, how a stage feels, what an audience looks like. Because an audience looks really weird compared to a regular conversation that you have with someone. Like most people don't tell their own face to encourage you. Most people forget, their face forgets they're having a good time. And so they're looking at you really awkwardly. And so I would say actually getting in the space if you can early and standing there and physically speaking, like physically speaking from that actual space you're going to speak from helps to acclimatize you like physicality tilly, whatever it is, yeah, yeah. to that specific space makes a huge difference. Yeah, that's enormous. I, there's only been a few times, and I, I remember one recently, actually, I was at an event in New York City, and it was just 15 minutes in, the audience was just not with me. They, you know, the, I, I was feeling it, and I've done this a thousand times, but they just weren't with me. And I, I just, you know, I say to myself, well, this isn't Emily's question. Emily's question is like, how do you get over the nerves to get up there? And I'm answering the question, what do you do when the nerves hit while you're up there, which <laughs> is even worse. <laughs> but I, I tell myself two things. One is that um, I'm doing better than I think I am. Another thing is like, if you ever go to a conference and there's a speaker up there, ask yourself, are you interested in this speaker? And if you are, look around the room. And what you're going to see is a bunch of people looking at that speaker exactly the way they're going to look at you, which is they're just blank stares. So, you know, you're doing better than you think you are. And then, the, the, okay, answer this, Colin. Can we go, Bobby, I know this isn't the question, but can we go to the part where like we're, we're falling apart, where things are spiraling out of control? And ask Colin about that. Yeah, Don. Yeah, when did you last spiral out of control? <laughs> <laughs> Personally or professionally? Well, I wasn't spiraling out of control, but it was It was not. It was like, this is going to be a long hour. You know, you're 15 minutes in, you're like, this is a long 45 minutes. And what I did, a speaker before me had dropped the F-bomb. And I'm not a cusser by nature. But in that 15 minutes in, I put a website up. And I was looking at the website and I read the tagline on the website and I just go, what the f does that mean? <laughs> and the audience, the audience was with me from that point on. You hooked them. I hooked them. <laughs> but I, I wouldn't do that normally. Like I wouldn't try it in church, but I, I, I you know, I, I did it. This is a business conference and the guy who spoke before me was, he said a lot of cuss words and it was a military audience and they were with me from that point on. So you just kind of got to figure out. The other thing, like, I think if, you know, Colin, tell me whether this is true. 
if you feel like really insecure, is there some truth to the idea that maybe you're taking yourself too seriously? Yeah, I think one of the things I tell myself is the audience doesn't know what I'm supposed to say. And if you find yourself in a place of, I've had many times where my whole body would shake, you know, my leg would shake, oh my hand my would gosh. shake. Oh my gosh, tell us about that. Yeah, I remember one time I was speaking and my hand was shaking so much I had I had a handheld mic. Oh my gosh, that's awful. I had to <laughs> I had to grab it with both hands. But the problem is 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 when you put more emphasis on it, it almost just shakes more. <laughs> I think that microphone is shocking that dude. <laughs> <laughs> Now this this you should have just yelled the f bomb and then everything would have been fine. <laughs> That's fine. Let's just stop there, Bobby. That's the plan of action <laughs> for today's conversation. Just drop some <laughs> drop some of those in your next presentation. I, I think part of that statement of like they don't know what I'm supposed to say is actually a, a releasing. It's a like the energy is actually letting go a little bit. Oh. And so when I tried to grab the microphone with both hands and kind of strangle it. It just got more intense. <laughs> it's like an anaconda. I'm just like, just like fighting this anaconda of a microphone. But when I released, I actually let it go. To, you know, take a, take a minute, have a breath. Your breath is a huge thing when you breathe. I saw that. I saw a speaker do that recently. I saw him get kind of nervous. And I think I, I knew it because I'm a speaker. So I saw it happening. And he just said, hey, can I have a second? And he just took a breath and he totally recovered. It was really cool to watch. Mm. Really yeah. cool to watch. And a little hack I like to do as well is to I look into one or two people's eyes and I, I it's even for me, like I'm looking down the mic down the um sorry, down the lens right now of the camera. But whenever I look down a lens or whenever whenever I'm in speaking, I look at someone in the audience and I try to find a friendly face, right? Someone who's told their face to, you know, encourage you. <laughs> and and I and I speak to that one person and it's like, I really care about you. And hopefully I can help you with this. And so once again, like Donald said, it like shifts the energy and I have this compassion as opposed to focus on, focusing on myself and, and um, condemnation on myself. Right. And so it's letting go, breathing, focusing on, on the audience. And that, that makes a big difference. And then if all else goes to fail, just drop the F-bomb. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's nothing better than a good story about how you bombed on stage. I mean, that's the thing you got to tell yourself as you're walking off. You're going, okay, I got a good story now. Well, it was interesting. I said to my friend after I got off when my hand was shaking, I said, oh my gosh, did you see my hand shaking? And he said, no. Wow. Yeah. See, that's the thing. It's like, nobody's noticing. Nobody cares mm -hmm. like you care. Care about the audience. Like, love your audience. That's not what I'm saying. But don't be a needy little guy going, hey, do you like me? Do you like me? Do you like me? Because that's going to put you, in, it's going to put you in the wrong mindset. You know, they need you to be an authority who cares about them, not a dumbass who wants that you to like them. That's, that's totally different. That's not humility, by the way. That's, in, that's insecurity. All right, let's ask Colin a question because I'm talking way too much. All right, I've got another question from Josh. It's another staff question. Josh wants to know, when virtual presentations are the norm these days, what methods would you suggest using to engage a, a virtual audience versus an in-person one? And I, I know this, it's like, you know, you can see the number, maybe in an audience, you don't see people walking out or, or you don't know if how they're engaging. But when you're doing a webinar or a, or a live event, a live virtual event, you can see that number tick down, like as people yeah. opt out. or what. And again, you don't know if those people are leaving because they've got other things. So there's that. hides but, that number from me. They don't let me see it. <laughs> but what about, yeah, how do you engage a virtual audience versus a uh, an in-person audience? Uh, I mean, there's a few different aspects of this. One part of engagement is is just telling more stories, more metaphors, 
uh, I mean, that just naturally engages the human mind. So if you find yourself getting too factual, too many processes and concepts, then bullet then points, smooth, bullet points, share into a story or even a what's called a, like a distractor story, which is just like a random story that might have nothing to do with, this is more for a longer workshop, like a random thing that happened over the break or something like that, or something with your daughter that morning or whatever it was. Like you can tell like a fun kind of caring story that's a bit of a distraction and it gets, it just kind of breaks the state of the audience if they get in this methodical point teaching side of things. The second thing I love to do is ask questions. I think most speakers don't ask enough questions. And in fact, whenever I'm designing presentations where I'm wanting to actually sell something like a high converting presentation, I'm creating what I call this uh, decision-based moments. And decision-based moments is throughout the whole presentation, you're, you're asking very specific questions of the audience and asking them to respond. So it could be example, you know, put in the chat on a scale of one to 10 on how confident you feel in presenting your topic at the moment. When you think about a webinar or a presentation, I put you in front of a hundred people or a thousand people, how confident would you feel? And people are like, okay, there's a one, there's a four, there's a negative seven. <laughs> okay. There's a, you know, and it's like interaction. And so these asking really strategic questions, you could even in a live audience, it could be a show of hands, getting the audience to respond. It could be rhetorical. like. Who here feels like this? You know, actually asking a question, even though you're not asking for an actual answer. And so part of it is, in my mind, whenever I speak, I don't see it as a speech. I see it as a conversation. It's very one way, but it's in my mind, I will even say, hey, it's a pleasure to have this conversation with you today. And even, even though we're not actually talking back and forth. So that's a frame. Uh, and finally, I think virtually, there's so much space for breakout rooms, especially if you're using Zoom. We use breakout rooms all the time and we run events where we teach and then events where we actually make offers. And breakout rooms for me are just fantastic. Give them a question, give them really clear guidelines and put them into a breakout room. And you can like pop into those breakout rooms and then they're like, oh my gosh, the teacher's in here. And they freak out. But breakout rooms, I think, feel like are underutilized um, a lot of the time in, in Zoom and so forth. Entrepreneurs on Fire, hosted by John Lee Dumas, is available now on the HubSpot Podcast Network. Each episode of Entrepreneurs on Fire stokes inspiration and it shares strategies to fire up your entrepreneurial journey so you can create the life you've always dreamed of. So if you're into fast-paced and packed-with-value stories, this show is definitely for you. In fact, in a recent episode titled From Zero to One Billion Views in 12 Months, JLD talks with Hillary Billings, who's the leading expert on the psychology of attention. Hillary really breaks down the first thing that every great video must do, what you need to do right now to produce content like a pro, and how to approach social media so that it's working for you and not the other way around. Listen to Entrepreneurs on Fire wherever you get your podcasts. And now back to the show. All right, Bob, we got to get through a couple more. I'm All right, I'm going to jump to the listeners now. So we've got a question from Jake, who is the owner of a, a coffee shop, a small coffee shop outside of Houston. And Jake is asking, I've just been asked to present a keynote at a regional entrepreneurship conference, but here's the catch. I have never presented before, not even a best man speech. The conference organizers want me to share insights and strategies on owning a small business in my community. 
Now, how can someone like me with no prior speaking experience prepare and deliver a keynote that not only engages the audience uh, at the conference, but tells my story to a room full of entrepreneurs? I think I remember coaching a, a client early on in when I first started coaching and she was presenting, she was a HR director and she was presenting at, at a conference and it was a case study about things that they were doing in their organization. And she came to me with the presentation. It was all outlined with, basically it's like, we, impl we implemented this and we implemented that and we implemented this and these were the results. And I asked her, I said, What's, who's this presentation about? And she said, well, it's about me. It's about the case study that, that we got asked to present. And I said, this presentation is about you, but it's also got nothing to do with you. It's all about the audience. And so she wrote that actually at the top of her Word document. It was like, this has nothing to do with me. And as soon as she realized that, the content shifted completely. Now, you can still present content that is about you, but you must make it relevant to the audience. I was at a an event that I spoke at several years ago, actually, it was a bigger event. And before me was an astronaut and he got up and he talked about going to space and what it was like going to space and his training and all that sort of stuff. But honestly, it was so boring and not boring because of what he'd achieved because like everyone was, I was talking to them after and they're like, yeah, it was a kind of okay presentation, like the visual side of things, but I didn't see how it was useful to me at all. Like not one bit. And so I think the biggest place to start with is to go, you're asked to speak, but the, you have to have this frame of how can I be useful? And so I would start with the question of what are three or five maximum lessons that I've learned in growing my business that could be somewhat relevant to everyone in the room? And if you start with three to five key ideas and you lead with your story, you just share your story and the journey you went on, maybe do that. I don't know how long he's got. Maybe let's say he's got, I don't know, half an hour. He could do five minutes of his story, five to seven minutes, and then he could do 20 minutes or so or 15 minutes of three lessons that he's learned in building his business and then how they could be applicable to everyone in the room. And so I would start with that and that's going to, form a nice structural foundation for a, a general keynote. That's what I call, I mean, that type of keynote is what I call a no-sell. There's three types of presentations. There's a, there's a no-sell, there's a soft sell, which is you're asking for someone's maybe to book a call or to download a PDF. That's especially for people if they're actually, they've got a coaching business or they've got some sort of next step. And then there's a sharp sell, which is a direct offer. That's like a webinar that you're running or you're making an offer from stage. So he's doing a no sell. It's a classic keynote. That's kind of how I would initially start to structure it. So that's my initial thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I would echo the exact, I think that's just fantastic advice. The, the only thing that I would add to that, and I think Colin would agree, is problem, solution, problem, solution, problem, solution. So, you know, as you think about your arc, you know, go back through your, your entrepreneurial journey. And, and Colin was right, by the way, three to five, you, you don't add any more than that. But, you know, here's the three main problems I have dealt with going from zero dollars to five million dollars in terms of my, my entrepreneurial journey, whatever that is. You know, the first was a, an insecurity. The second was hiring the right staff. The third was, you know, whatever. And also five minutes describing the problem and getting the audience to feel your pain and one minute on the solution. It's five to one. Because problems are interesting, solutions are just an exhale. 
And that, that's how you interest an audience. In fact, I teach a writing workshop sometimes here at the house. And, you know, Bobby, you've been up to the carriage house where we teach that. There's a thousand books on the bookshelf up there. And I will tell somebody in the writing workshop, I say, go, go grab a book. Just go get one. And they'll go grab a book. They'll pull it down. I say, open up, put your finger down on a paragraph. They'll open up, put their finger down on the paragraph. And I go, that paragraph is about conflict. That paragraph, something's going wrong in that paragraph. And they read it. And it is. Because that library doesn't have any bad books in it. And every good book is about conflict from beginning to end. Open up a open up a copy of any Harry Potter book, any J.K. Rowling, any you know Lord of the Rings, anything C.S. Lewis fiction, anything Stephen King, anything Norman Mailer, anybody who's won a, a Pulitzer Prize, any Steinbeck. Put your finger down. That that that's about conflict. So you want to keep talking about the tension, 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 and then and then I did this and it worked really great. But then you won't believe what happened. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> and that's how you do. That's how you engage an audience. So if you know, and if you know that, and you like talking about that stuff, mm. the audience will feel. Also, you know, I think you get up and you got to say, "Okay, guys, this is the first time I've ever given a speech." Period. Oh, and the I'm, audience will love you for that. They will love you. They. But if you get up there and go, "I think I'm going to pretend I know what I'm talking about," you're going to. You're going to bomb. Let there be no difference between the real person on stage and your presentation. Just tell them exactly who you are. One of the things I do is I get up and I say, look, 15 years ago, if you'd have told me I was speaking at a business conference, I would have told you you're crazy. I'm the least likely guy to be standing here right now. And everybody in the room loves me from that point on. And I only say that to get them to love me because it helps me as a speaker feel less nervous. I'd probably add to that as well. I love that roller coaster journey that Donald was talking about. That it, it, That's what makes it interesting, a, a presentation. I think as well, it's very practical, but literally practice it like 20 times. So it gets mm. in your body. And so that when you get up there, you actually are able to concentrate on speaking rather than where am I up to in my presentation. Yeah. And, and once again, a reminder of they don't know what you're supposed to say. So if you say the wrong thing, don't go, oh, whoops, oh, I, didn't, oh, I didn't mean to mention that there. Like, just keep speaking. It doesn't matter. No one knows what you're supposed to say. And yeah. so just be easy on yourself with that. And I think you did great. Bobby, one more question. Here's a question. I know that for business owners out there that are keen on future-proofing their presentation skills, both for virtual and for in-person settings, Colin, are you seeing any evolving trends in, in that space? And if you are, how can our, our audience get ahead of those? Yeah, I mean, like there are a few AI tools and things like that that you can use. I haven't found them that useful yet. I've played around with a few different AI tools. But for me, getting comfortable streaming yourself onto a social platform, getting comfortable in a virtual presentation with the buttons and all that sort of stuff is, is just paramount. A lot of time, you know, sometimes people will say like, oh, webinars are dead. Webinars aren't dead. In fact, I just caught up with a friend who's doing multiple millions of dollars from a, they just run the same webinar every single week, live, one webinar a week. That's all they run. They're close to $10 million in their business. And it's like, webinars aren't dead, but knowing how to present effectively will never die. Like that is a skill. If you look back to, you know, all of the great leaders of time, whether all the way back to, you know, Jesus um, or any sort of great spiritual leader or Mahatma Gandhi or anyone, they all use presentations to move their audience, to shift the culture. And so I think that skill is across the board, just a useful skill. And I think moving forward, yeah, once again, it's streaming platforms are going to continue to be huge. AI is not fully there yet. They, they kind of do a bit of slide design. 
but not incredible, a little bit helpful. It's not, yeah, it's just not there yet. And honestly, it's those fundamental understanding human psychology of similar to what Donald said, understanding that if you can articulate the problem better than they can, they will lean in and go, oh my gosh, this person can help me. And then you share a little bit of the solution and they'll say, wow, that's the path I can follow. And I think, Colin, I think they're listening for that. I think when you walk up on stage, the audience is listening for, for one, to answer one question. What problem will this guy help me solve? That's it. And the longer you take to get to that or the more elusive you are, the harder that talk's going to go. Yeah, yeah. So articulating that problem, sharing a solution, and then making, hey, this is the next step. For those of you who resonated with me, this is what it could look like for the next step. And that could be some sort of conversation. It could be a special strategy session. It could be book a next call. And so just getting good at that strategy can completely explode your business very quickly. I love it. Well, Colin, thank you for coming on today. You know, we're all pointing the camera at ourselves and going on and doing an Instagram post. This works for that as well. You know, it really does. And by the way, that's great practice. I mean, just making little Instagram videos is great practice. I've been benefited greatly. I, I don't long to speak. Like, I don't, it's not that I don't want to. I, it's just not a longing for me. I long to write. I long to write. Mm-hmm. But what I found yes. is that the more I speak, the better my writing goes. And if I, if I have a topic that I'm writing about, I'll start speaking about it and I'll refine my own ideas and I'll know what I believe. And, I'll, and also I get to test what's funny and what's not funny. There's all sorts of benefits from putting together a speech that, uh, mm. that help you a great deal. And, and not yeah. only, you know, most, more than anything, if you want to say something, the actual gauntlet that you go through to turn it into a speech really helps you understand what you're trying to say. I think about like, because you can create your own platforms very quickly, like deciding to run a webinar or deciding to host a podcast. One of the reasons I started my podcast wasn't just to benefit my audience. It was to just to practice content and to practice get refining my content. And a lot of my key ideas will come from that. It's talking it out physically. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, doing videos constantly just speaking it out helps you to refine your content. It becomes arrows to shoot out into the audience and and makes a big dent in you moving forward. Well, thanks for coming on and thanks for helping our audience today. Where can people find out more about you, Colin? Yeah, so I'm pretty active on Instagram. So it's just at Colin Boyd, C-O-L-I-N-B-O-Y-D. I have a podcast myself. If you're a podcast listener, it's called The Expert's Edge. Uh, it's where we talk about content for expert industry. In fact, I've got um, you as an interview coming up, Donald, sometime soon, which I'm excited about. And uh, so Expert Edge uh, on podcast platforms and just colinboy.co. Uh, .co. Don't go to .com because if you want country music, go to .com. <laughs> if you want to learn how to build high converting presentations, then go to .co. <laughs> That sounds great. Colin, thanks again. And uh, I'm looking forward to talking to you soon on your podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, guys. Wonderful conversation. Colin is obviously a delightful guy and uh, clearly knows what he's talking about. You know, at the end of every one of these podcasts, I break down a plan of action. These, this is the, basically the basic take-home stuff that you can do in order to grow your business, grow your personal platform, whatever you're trying to do. And this is it speak. Just book yourself somewhere to speak. Start telling people that you want to speak. Put together a website explaining that you're a speaker and talk about what you talk about. But go out and give a talk. And here's how you start it. You start it on Instagram and YouTube. If you have an iPhone and you have a $5 clip that you bought on Amazon to clip your iPhone to so that you can look at it, basically a selfie stick. If you have that, 
start doing it because you're going to be bad like 37 times and you're not going to get to the 38th time until you do it 37 times, but you've got to start speaking. And what that's going to do for you, you're going to feel horrible, but it's going to start giving you confidence and you start feeling better. Then you're going to make some mistakes and you're going to figure out how to not make those mistakes anymore. You're going to figure out how to clarify your message. There's just zero downside, zero downside to going out and giving talks. You know, the best way to get better as a human being is to metaphorically throw yourself into the deep water and get into places where you are uncomfortable. You know, I've gotten into cold plunging. Bobby's into cold plunging. And, you know, I don't love working out. I mean, I, I get cardio every day, but I don't love like lifting weights. But the, the thing about lifting weights is you, you hurt yourself and then your body rebuilds muscle. Well, you can do it without lifting weights, right, Bobby? You can actually just go into cold plunge and I don't know, tell me, Bob, does it feel good? Oh, yeah. I mean, well, not at first, like, <laughs> like speaking, like when you go out, you got to do it 37 times until it's it feels like, until it feels not like death. Yeah. Yeah. You and I are both adapted now, but you, you know, you get in and it's just extremely painful. Everything in you wants out. Then you get out after three to five minutes and your whole body reverse engineers this healing thing because it thinks that you really hurt yourself and you end up just feeling great all day. And I think speaking is like that. You've got to kind of dive into the cold water and let what happens happen to you, even if you fail. And then you will naturally reverse engineer how to never let that happen again. And that, so you're going to go, no, I'm not going to start my talk that way. No, I'm not going to, you know, whatever mistake you made, your body, your mind will begin to reverse engineer a success for the next time it happens. And that means you are literally a better communicator every single time you do it. And I'm telling you, jump in, jump in and go give a talk. All right, everybody. Thanks as always for listening to the Business Made Simple podcast, where we are absolutely obsessed with helping you grow your business. Thanks for listening. Want to have Don coach through your question like the ones featured in today's episode? Just go to businessmadesimple.com slash podcast. Let us know what's keeping you up at night when it comes to running your business and submit your question at businessmadesimple.com slash podcast.